All right, Alexander, let's talk about what has been developing and happening in Pakistan. So we had the arrest of uh, one time uh, very popular uh, Prime Minister Imran Khan, who was, according to many uh, analysts, including myself, I believe he was uh, regime changed, I believe like about a year ago. Um, he was uh, arrested a few days ago. We had uh, huge protests and uprisings in Pakistan. And uh, he has now been released. The Supreme Court, I believe, they said that his arrest was illegal. And so now he is, uh, he's, he's out. So yes. what, is, uh, what is going on in, in Pakistan? Yeah, I mean, I think, that I, by the way, I, I also agree. I mean, I think that he was removed from power in circumstances which I certainly would cause regime change. I mean, there's a lot of evidence that the U.S., uh, uh, supported his ouster and wanted his ouster, and that it worked with um, political forces in Pakistan, including sections of the military, which wanted him out, but also members of the political class in Pakistan who also wanted him out. Anyway, the, ever since then, from that moment, um, the situation in Pakistan has not been stable. Um, the moment Pak uh, Imran Khan was ousted, he was, there have been protests, there's been huge amount of anger. I, do, I think it's fair to say that as Prime Minister, Imran Khan was not a huge success and disappointed many people. But he did nonetheless represent for many people change. And it changed from an unpopular, corrupt status quo that has existed in Pakistan for decades. So his removal, as I said, galvanized opposition. And ever since then, Pakistan has been in a kind of slow motion crisis. And the political leadership, the political class, very nervous of Imran Khan, very nervous of his popularity, have been trying to construct legal cases against him. People in the United States looking at Donald Trump might see some similarities there. But remember, these are very different societies. Anyway, they then overreached. They suddenly arrested Imran Khan as he was attending a court hearing related to one of these other cases that were brought, was brought against him. And the country exploded. I mean, this was, you know, for many people, the final straw. Massive protests across the country. The military were called out to try to keep order, except that the protests appeared to be getting bigger and more dangerous. And I have to say, there was a moment, what you know, following the news about all of this, when it seemed to me as if the authorities were in very serious danger of losing control. In other words, that the protests were gaining such momentum and such scale that if they were allowed to continue for very much longer, then there was a real chance that, you know, the army itself would find that it was no longer in control of the streets, that the army itself might come under pressure, might even split. I mean, that sort of thing does happen. And uh, that Pakistan was on the brink of what could have evolved into a revolutionary situation. Anyway, someone somewhere made the decision that this is simply 
too dangerous a situation. And the result was that the court decision came from the Pakistani Supreme Court to release Imran Khan and to say that his detention should never have happened because it was illegal. Now, I know there are going to be some people who say that the Supreme Court acted entirely independently and they, they did what they did because, well, they are custodians of the law and all of that. I have to say I don't believe that. I don't believe that in a situation like the one which exists in Pakistan today, any section of the state structure, including the Supreme Court, is independent in that way. But it did at least provide a mechanism to get Imran Khan released without, uh, you know, everybody too obviously losing face. It provided, if you like, an off-ramp. Right. So uh, from what I understand, uh, there are going to be elections in October, I believe. I believe in October. I, I could be wrong about that. But either way, uh, when Pakistan does have elections, um, you have Imran Khan. Yes. And many believe that um, in the next election cycle, he is going to win by, by a huge uh, majority. I mean, he is... It's going to be a big landslide for Imran Khan. What happens then? What, well, what that's a very good, yeah, I mean, in indeed, general. very good. Yeah. yeah, that is a very good point because, of course, at the moment I have to you say you can't regime looks, change him twice. Is my yeah, point? No, yeah. no. Well, he he looks unstoppable at the moment. I mean, especially after he's, the way he's just been released, the admission, after all, that his arrest was illegal, even as I said, if it, even if it was done as part of an off ramp, um, <laughs> that in itself is damning the fact that he was arrested illegally in the first place. And, of course, the reality is what this event has done is that it has highlighted the extent of his support amongst people in Pakistan. So I, I can't really see how, short of the most extreme measures, he, he can be prevented from winning in October. The trouble is the political class now has compromised itself disastrously by trying to block Imran Khan. So many of them must be extremely nervous at the pr prospect of an Imran Khan victory in October. They must be afraid that even if he himself is not out for revenge, there'll be all sorts of people around him who are. And that must create great tensions in Pakistan over the next few months. And we could easily see these tensions finding some kind of political reflection, including, I'm sorry to say, through violence on the streets. That's not something I want to see, but this is the kind of situation we are in. And of course, if Imran Khan does win, he inherits a disastrous situation. The economy is in a very bad way. Inflation is extremely high. The institutions of the Pakistani state have been weakened and even discredited as a result of the moves that were made against him. And it's debatable whether in this kind of situation he can meet the expectations, he can fulfil the expectations of his supporters. And it could very well be that we will go out from one crisis, which is the crisis we have now, into a further crisis in which it becomes clear that Imran Khan himself can't govern 
and the impression starts to grow that Pakistan is becoming ungovernable. Yeah, you know, he, he inherits the, the very chaos, <clears throat> excuse me, he inherits the very chaos that was unleashed against him. It's exactly. kind of odd. He's, he's going to have to be the one that cleans, cleans up the corruption that was, that was targeting him for, uh, for his arrest. But uh, the other thing that Imran Khan is going to, uh, if, if he does end up uh, leading Pakistan again, is that he's going to have to deal with a West, with a U.S. and a U.K., that uh, that regime changed him. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> can you say BRICS, China, yeah, Russia? Yeah, well, indeed. That's well, where I mean, he's going to go, I, I he, think. He has no option. I mean, I should say, first of all, that, of course, China and Pakistan have been close friends and allies since the 1960s. So there's already a well-established relationship there. And I, undoubtedly, I think he will have to go to the Chinese, especially, and to the Russians to some extent, in order to try and secure his position. Trouble is, I don't know whether that's going to be enough, given, as I said, how unstable uh, the situation in Pakistan has come. I mean, people have gone out, they've risked their lives, because, you know, when you go out into the streets and defy the military, you are risking your life in order to have Imran Khan effectively released and eventually re-elected. Now, he was not a very impressive prime minister when he was prime minister. Yes, he did stand for change, but he wasn't able to deliver it. And he didn't give the impression of knowing how to deliver it. So does he have the force of personality and the authority to change Pakistan, to take on all these vested interests in the way that he would need to do? in order not just to satisfy his supporters, but to stabilise the situation in the country. I have to say, I am sceptical. And the danger is that, as, a, as you correctly said, he will inherit the chaos that has been unleashed by his ouster. That chaos can only get worse. And, of course, the stakes in Pakistan could not be higher because the country is a nuclear power. It has nuclear weapons and a powerful military. It's got a very strategic location. If there is prolonged instability and violence in Pakistan and the state institutions cannot hold there, then, I mean, that is a very dangerous situation indeed. Now, I hope it doesn't come to that. Pakistan has been through many crises in its history. It's always come together in the end. One hopes it will again this time, but it's living dangerously. All right. Uh, we will um, leave it there. TheDuran.Locals.com. We are on Rumble, Odyssey, BitChute, and Telegram. And go to the Duran shop. 10% off. Use the code GOODDAY. Take care.